0: Welcome to the Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this pod, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, and I'm joined on the Zoom by Emma Phillips and Tracy Kick. Well, it's time for the warm-up, and guess what? It's anarchy round, which came around much more quickly than we expected. Everything's been thrown into turmoil as of today. So the news out of Western Australia is um, dire, and the implications for, for players is, is pretty significant. What we know is that the, we've got um, two matches have been postponed indefinitely I think was the last I heard. Normally, listeners, we want you to know we dearly love you and we plan our shows, and today we had to throw the plan completely out the window because of all the news that came out today. So, GWS were were set to play West Coast, West Coast Eagles, and um, the Crows were set to play Rio? Rio. Yeah, and so those have been... Postponing definitely. What I was saying earlier is that uh, the buy has come just a couple of weeks too early because if they could have coincided that with the Mardi Gras weekend, they could have had a great time. Anyway, I think um, at least from, from the point of view of the Giants players, uh, I know they want to play footy, but I also think a little bit of care needs to be taken with, with everything that's been going on.
1: Trace. Yeah, look, they just can't catch a break, can they, at no. the moment? And uh, I, um, I was texting a couple of players today um, after their trip back to Sydney. So word was they will be locked down for at least a few days, but are waiting um, New South Wales health advice on on how long they need to be in any kind of lockdown or quarantine. So uh, it's a wait and see. But I agree with you, Fee. I think a very emotional. Um, last week, um, in both in the lead-up of the game, and I know myself watching every game um, this weekend bar the North Geelong game, I think it's the only one I missed, um, just watching this the tribute to Cinder, uh, um, it's got to take its toll and, and the emotional lead-up to that match. And uh, I think despite it being very disruptive, um, just a chance to reset maybe.
0: Yeah. So we are going a little bit freeform here, so I'm going to jump in there and just talk a little bit more about the the Cinder Tribute. So um, very emotional. And uh, what what really started to tick me off and really get my goat was the mispronunciation of the word valet. Now, there was a bit of chit-chat on, on Twitter, and there was one person, Brando, who's an AFLW um, commentator. She comments a lot on Twitter she suggested that perhaps it, there, there was an accepted um, pronunciation that was Vale, and I didn't get a chance to respond to say, no, I think you've actually just heard it mispronounced too many times. But it was the fabulous, the wonderful, the gorgeous Rana Hussain, who we know well from uh, the Outer Sanctum, who was the match day announcer at the Richmond game. And she said Vale. Vale Jacinda, and uh, it's it's such a little word, but it, it it really meant a lot to to some of us like me who are grammar pedants and pronunciation pedants. And uh, as I said uh, to uh, someone on Twitter, I, I stood for every every tribute, but at the end of that, one I punched the air and cheered, <laughs> Vale Jacinda.
2: Fee, didn't they miss the uh, the start of the tribute on oh, the broadcast? The God. broadcasters missed out on what was a very beautiful tribute that the Giants did to. Jacinda, by putting her Guernsey on the bench, giving her a space on the bench, the number 34 Guernsey, and it was missed by the broadcasters.
0: Yeah, and my understanding is they're going to do that at every match, uh, but yeah, they, they did. They missed that. I, I couldn't believe it. And they, so it wasn't, I guess the, the broadcast is the same on Seven and on the app, Um So it was, I had both going and it missed it on both. So I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, So disappointing. Yeah. I did notice,
1: uh, I don't know if everyone else noticed, um, the GWS girls chose to be around each other, not surprisingly, um, rather than in a circle with the other players. And um, I can only assume it's because, um, they felt quite vulnerable and wanted to be in each other's arms rather than around people, that perhaps that didn't know them. But um, it was obvious to me in the in the
2: uh, at the start of the, the tributes.
0: I noticed That's it. I a... didn't. I guess I didn't think about why that was. But yeah, I think you've got a good point there, Trace.
2: And Trace, with the other matches, everybody was uh, sort of intermingled, weren't they, across mm. the two teams? Yeah, they I...
1: were in a circle. Um, you know, one for one.
2: Mm. Mm. Mm.
0: Um, I also was. <sighs> I know that um, we don't want emotions hidden. Uh, we do want to acknowledge pain. But I felt, really felt for players like Biso and uh, uh, Rebecca Beeson and especially Erin um, McKinnon who had the close-up on her face with tears streaming down. I'm getting upset myself. Um, uh, and I'm in two minds about it. We we need to show it. Some people said, oh, this is a good, another example of the women um, leading the way and, and undoing toxic masculinity. And I thought, can we just have a break? <laughs> can we just not leave it up to the women to undo everything that's wrong <laughs> in this world? And can we just give I, – I would have I, – I thought one option could have been to just have a wide angle and not go close in. But, but that didn't happen and, and maybe everyone – Maybe everyone has a different take on that, but it, it really affected me. It still does. <laughs>
2: they did have a number of camera angles from behind the Giants girls. Yeah. And then they were also focused on the opposition. I thought I kept wanting to see their faces, you know, and I guess we're right. so used to, you know, high-level sporting matches where there's something um, – Moving or dramatic, where we just want to see how the players are reacting or what they're feeling. Um, and it, look, it is—I admit that I'm hungry for the spectacle, so it's probably that and I wasn't, you know, thinking so much about what the players might be feeling, having a camera shoved in their faces. But it does bring about that question of, um, you know, whether it is okay for them to be seen that way in such close up, in a, such a close up way. Is, it, is that the sort of price you pay for playing a semi-professional sport? It's only they, semi-professional. they are on a stage. It's
0: true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think too, um, maybe some of the time that was spent on particular players' faces because the emotion was clearly very raw and I felt that perhaps there was too much focus for some players and, you know, that's probably, I think, if there's a middle ground, I think for me it was kind of, I think you do want to see the raw emotion but you don't need to over-highlight particularly particular players and their response to that because obviously everybody was doing it tough and some people were doing it tougher than others for whatever reason and and you know they if if that's the case they probably don't
0: need the scrutiny. Yeah, I'm with you there. (laughs) Do you like that little sting? Especially for you. Um so I still on the subject of well being, player well being we heard in the middle of – oh, now I can't remember which match it was that we heard that Ebony Marinoff um, had uh, success on with On Thursday, appeal. on Thursday. All right, it was the middle of Collingwood and, and Carlton, yeah. So she ended up receiving no penalty and we had discussed this. Uh, it It was discussed at great length across social media platforms and people had some pretty strong – feelings. It did seem that most people believed that, that uh Noffy should have received no penalty and we certainly felt that way at the time. Now there was an article that came out um in Irish media and Bridstack well she had written it actually, I believe. Bridstack had written written the article and she it's clear she feels aggrieved. She really does feel as if uh receiving no penalty means that um the the tribunal uh didn't acknowledge that as she believed everybody marinoff uh showed no duty of care uh and i suppose i was re- it was raw emotion that was in that article and uh it it did raise a question again for me for the well-being of players and and it actually reminds me of being a teacher where There's when there have been uh, altercations between two students and the care that needs to be taken for both students, not just the one who's hurt. So uh, Ebony Marinoff was saying that she lost sleep and she was deeply um, distressed. And, of course, Brid Stack is deeply distressed. What I was focusing on until I read that article was that she's been... um, She's been sought for the Giants for many years. I understand Cora Staunton's been saying, you've got to get her, you've got to get her. She's been saying, no, no, I'm not ready. I'm still playing Gaelic football. So this has been a long process to get her. She finally came with her family, young child, husband, first practice match match everything's over for pretty much well it may well even be the season with everything that's happening now so that yeah I I just I just really feel for I I I don't know um I don't know how you cope with that you you need people around you yeah
1: look I think that that the club will definitely be around her and from what I could sense the club um felt that some sort of um penalty should have been provided if you look into how the club responded I think you're right, Fee. You know, we we felt that Ebony Marinoff, you know, did pull back out of that contact. And I, from the Irish article, I think Brig Stack was upset that there was a, an idea that she had actually caused the injury. Um, I don't think she caused the injury, but, you know, you don't know. If you haven't played footy, you don't know when you see the oncoming People, what to do you know and I think that it's just really unfortunate it's an unfortunate situation that her inexperience the the situation um, has put her season on the line and something she's you know given up a lot to come and do so I get that she's very distressed about it but a decision is a decision of the you know sometimes you just got to stop and and learn rather than look at you know why why me or or what happened? So I think to, I think the club has a responsibility as well as to support her to also, not keep going down the track of, yes, you're right. It should have should have been this and it should have been that because I don't think it's helpful. I think the club has to support her to understand that this is how the system works. She's not a victim of the system. It's that's how the system works. I
2: think. Yeah. It, what I took from that article too was this idea that there had to be blame allocated somewhere and Brid, Brid was fixed on, well, if it's not Ebony Marinoff, then it has to be me that everybody's blaming. And of course there's a whole victim blaming uh, story in that that's, you know, terribly unfortunate if that's what she's thinking. But I did read somewhere else that there's there's the possibility that it was a horrible accident and there's no real, there's nothing much to be gained by trying to find who perpetrated what was really probably an accident. No one's to blame necessarily.
0: I think that's a good place to leave that subject. All right. Can we get a, a report from the tribunal now that we've we've sort of entered that uh, that that environment? Let's let's go a little bit further. Trace with uh, with reports of um, injuries and penalties. Thanks, Fi. I don't have the
1: injuries, but I certainly have that seven uh, charges have been laid as a result of uh, round one. And uh, not surprisingly, Brie Davey and Maddie Sparcus for their wrestling. Um, so it's likely that they'll get a reprimand um, for uh, an early plea. Can I, I – um, I
0: just need to say I was very surprised – and I felt, I, I think I may actually, I, I don't think I sat down for a single game, uh, that I, a match that I watched. I was certainly up on my feet the whole time watching that one. But I'm certain I addressed her as if I was her primary school teacher. I said, Maddie Presparkis but but
1: I, I think you've got a point, Fee. You you do expect more from the did, the best yeah. and fairest in the league, and the and a, and a dual cap, you know, dual captain of clubs.
2: Um, oh, I, I think you guys I, are being rough. She I, was so heavily I, tagged. I, at the start no, and,
0: I wasn't you know, angry. Umpire. I wasn't angry. I was disappointed.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's Miss Lamb.
2: <laughs> But, Miss, she had a couple of terrible umpiring decisions go against her early on. (laughs) doesn't matter. And you were going to say, what were you going to say? That's what I was going to say. About the tag, yeah. yeah, Yeah. Some heavy tagging and some some umpiring calls that I think were probably a bit iffy that certainly she was frustrated with. Got a lot of heavy treatment early on and just lashed out. Look, and I think Maddie's going to have a year of that. You know, after winning the obvious medal last year, she's going to cop that week in, week out. So, you know, she's very young and she'll need to get used to that get her mind right for that
1: yeah it's one of the challenges isn't isn't it of you know having a breakout year or two and then you're just going to get so much more attention
0: yep. so sorry did, and, did you say uh, they got a warning or they got
1: uh, I think it says there that they'll get a, um, a reprimand with an early plea so right yeah tap on the wrist on, on, on the wrist. wrist. That's the one. do slap on the wrist mm. um but alicia newman in her first game for collingwood um has a, a charge of a rough conduct dangerous tackle and i think uh if depending on how that all goes but it's a one match suspension if that if that all flies uh, which would be a shame for her um there have been a, a lot of other um, charges but they're mostly all going to get off with reprimand I think Al Bennett uh, had a reprimand for striking Haley Miller in the Freo Giants game in quarter four um, Astro Connor uh, rough conduct dangerous tackle charge Aloise Jones um, from Adelaide on um, uh, I think a rough conduct with Dana Hooker and uh, Jade to I can never pronounce her name. Sorry, Jade, if you're listening. Uh, Jade from the Brisbane Lions. <laughs> oh, it's not Brisbane Lions. That's even worse. Sorry. <laughs> Gold Coast Sun. going well, Trace. Oh, yeah, that was really good. Um, a tripping charge. Um, and if you saw, the, did, did anyone see that? Tri- tripping oh, yeah. charge. Yeah. Um, I think she just had a brain malfunction. She just reached out with a hand.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so I think all of those are going to pretty much be um, a, a reprimand because of their first offences um, and and not in the, uh, if they do the early plea. There's some fines involved in those. Some of those players will be fined $400 Ooh. for their indiscretion.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's see if I can get this sting this time. You ready? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I say Fee is smashing and I'm going to say to the listeners out there, Fee is panelling the show today and doing an awesome job.
0: I was feeling a little bit sick all day about this, but I think we're doing okay so far. <laughs> I'm here with Michael who's... who's um set me up and he's here to rescue me and already has a few times um, so let's uh, I let's talk about what's hot in the huddle and uh, we need to address the news coming out of Collingwood now we had a lot of debate on our chat today because I don't want to spend time talking about the men's game and I and um, this situation but but how about I throw to you trace and M oh where do you start with
2: it well we're talking about the, the leaked report at Collingwood, is that right? That yeah. um, that implicates Collingwood in decades-long systemic racism. Um, I think it's interesting, firstly, that the report was leaked. I think that's telling. We don't know who leaked it, but, you know, it's the motivation to do such a thing. Um, look, I don't think it's necessary to dwell too much in negativity around, you know, or to talk at length about it. We know what's been going on there. It's been revealed. Um, it's, for me... In a, in a weird way, this is going to sound strange, but a day of celebration. Actually, that the voices of a, a black man were heard. The voice of a black man was heard, such that a place like a football club, which is you know known for racism, systemic racism, and toxic masculinity, was listened to. He was listened to, you know, and that to me is a turning point for football and for Australian sport. And I think Trace, you wanted to speak a bit more about cultures within football clubs and the impact of women in progressing these kinds of social issues
1: yeah i do i i come back to fees point at the start of the pod though you know we can't solve all the issues for all of the rest of the world but um i i think there are a couple of things one is um Collingwood celebrated on the weekend, their first female Indigenous player in Alicia Newman. Um, And so that's fantastic um, to have that that celebration. And I think it's a a symbol for the way forward in terms of um, the ways clubs can celebrate their Indigenous players. The ways that they can um, include them and stamp out the racism, whether it comes from long-standing racism or unconscious bias or other forms of, of um, indiscretion. I think the women's, we, we were talking the other day about, um, well it's today actually, about the pride round. And the men's comp started their pride round in 2016. Um, so um, the there is a role that I think that the women's teams are playing in shifting club culture, whether it be around um, sexism or racism or um, um, other differences and other biases. And I think there's a long way to go because you know you've got 100 and you know 160 years of of culture that shifting um, and of ways of behaving, ways of ways that they celebrate players and you know to watch i'm going to go back to i'm a celebrity get me out of here because i i've got to say that i've watched that um and uh, trav barko was on there and he was an outstanding role model and i loved that he was celebrated amongst those celebrities and i i loved even in the finale last night. I can't believe I'm telling the view, the listeners that I watched. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here.
0: I can't but um, one of the other
1: celebrities actually said, you know, Trav Barco's moral compass is one of the, you know, he has one of the best moral compasses in out of anyone he's ever met. And, you know, and to have a, an Aboriginal man on TV um, that's applauded, encouraged, you yeah, held a pie by, um, you know, an Irish chef um, is, uh, it, you know, is a, it was fantastic to see it on TV and what I've probably lost a little bit of our focus, but I think what I'm saying is that Collingwood Football Club has, you know, probably every football club has had indiscretions around racism over time and uh, it's up to the whole league and every club to shift the culture um, and to make more inclusive environments for everyone. And I do think that the women's uh, inclusion into clubs is really helping move that dial.
0: Yep. All right. Let's leave that there, shall we? Uh, so you mentioned the pride round, which is league wide this year in this season. Now, uh, it's come up really quickly, just like Anarchy Round. Um, it's it's this weekend, and there are pride Guernseys for all the teams, I believe. I know that um, Darcy Bessio has desi- designed Carlton's. I haven't even looked at it. I saw that she designed it, but I haven't looked at it. Thumbs up from Em.
2: Yeah, I I have looked at it actually. And it's I've got a really nice quote here from Darcy about the jumper. So she, I, you just say she designed it? Uh, yes. It, did, yeah, she designed it. It's a lot, little bit like the one that Carlton had last year, Fee, with that kind of streaming rainbow colours coming out the, you know, like a... Little vomit. Stream of light vomit. Yep, that's it. But it's, um, <laughs> she says here, and I'm just going to quote Darcy saying, it's a real thrill to be able to bring our team's values to life. This concept was derived from the growth rings seen in cross sections of trees. So each of the colours has those sections of tree rings, if you can imagine. The rings are representative of us evolving and developing over time. While the colour configuration, being in the form of wedges, is symbolic of speech, representing the idea of growth through using your voice. She says, can't wait for us to wear this on Friday night.
1: Beautiful. I love that. It's going to be sad that the four teams who are postponed are missing out on Pride Round. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, how will I guess they'll get an opportunity. I hope they get an opportunity to play in their Pride Jumpers whenever that
2: is rescheduled. Look, maybe we could combine Pride Round with Anarchy Round and get another Stonewall. Good idea. <laughs> but like I think uh, you, <laughs> there was, we did have some chat during the week about why this round isn't doesn't coincide with Mardi Gras and how, I mean, that's a very Sydney focus, but for the queer community in Australia, that's an important weekend.
0: Correct. But um, Coach Kiwi was saying that, uh, the Indigenous round is coming up. Now, is the Indigenous round coming up in that weekend? I, round um, five, that is. That. Might I'll come. quickly
1: yeah. sure. consult the rounds. But, um, but I think you're right, Emma. I think there's an opportunity... You know, it is a very Sydney-focused event, Mardi Gras, but as you said, for the queer community across Australia and indeed the world, mm. it's a massive celebration, even though the celebrations won't be as, you know, in person perhaps this time. Um, well, it's going but, to be at uh, the there,
0: SCG that for those who SCG, are interested. I'll be but some of somehow riding my motorcycle around the SCG, which will be quite something. Be a challenge,
1: but I think you know the whole festival, which is traditionally you know, a month of events, yeah. is very much you know, stripped back because of COVID. And of course, the international visitors, which are many, um, will you know the audience will be reduced. But I agree, Emma, I think there's a real potential to align to Mardi Gras, and you know, the indigenous around, you know, can't align to sort of something, you know, National Reconciliation Week is in May, so the women's compass finished then, but it does make sense. For the for the football fixture, if to celebrate those events in a meaning, not that it's not meaningful, but in a align to what's happening around them, rather than just pick a weekend
2: out of the year. Yep. Anyway, great that we have it. It's a it long time. It's it uh, a lot different from what footy was like ten years ago.
0: Exactly, and let's let's leave that there, shall we? So, can I just get some quick highlights from you? Then uh, we we don't have very much time left, but. Um, M, some quick highlights from you uh, from the weekend. What was what was one highlight? A game, a player, anything?
2: Uh, okay, I, look, you know I'm going to mention North because they won by 62 points, and they've oh got a all-time all-time record of percentage on top of the ladder, which will disappear by next weekend. But yeah, <laughs> we'll take cats. it now. So, how do you
0: for the Cats?
2: Yeah, poor Cats. And I can I just I was just thinking back to last year's pod and uh, radio show where. I think I whinged each week about Geelong's inability to score and it took them until the fourth term to score a goal again. Just, yeah. And look, can I say the crowd, the Geelong crowd, bless them, actually cheered their first behind.
0: They did. I know I saw it all. Oh God. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Okay. Trace, a highlight from the weekend. I think St Kilda's win. Uh, That was a highlight.
1: I didn't take them of course in the tipping. Um, my Lions over the Tigers. Tigers are improved but still got a little bit of a way to go, I think. Um, And my highlight was uh, Cathy Spark keeping Mon Conti to 12 disposals. Um, I took the Suns over the Ds but the Ds were just too experienced across the ground. Um, And uh, I think the highlight overall was the quality of the football. Um, I thought the games were really entertaining they and were, I was enjoyed
0: great. watching awesome. all the ones I watched. Well, I, I um, should have gone with my heart and I should have gone for Collingwood, but I didn't. I went for Carlton because I thought they'd win and I was wrong. And I was so excited. I mean, I was a bit, I was a bit worried that um, we got to the end of the first quarter without a single score. Uh, but the quality of football was already so much better. And it was, uh, I kind of get a little bit tired of using the phrase now, but it was free-flowing football. And that was a great thing to see. We need to move on. Let's. We don't even have a time ch- chance to do a full uh, preview. But who are you looking forward to seeing this weekend, M?
2: Uh, definitely Bulldogs v Carlton. I think that's going to be, dare I say, this season defining match for whoever wins <laughs> that. Um, the uh, Ali Blackburn, Maddie Presparkis clash in the middle will be amazing to watch. And possibly Nick Stevens taking Izzy Huntington, old teammates from back in Melbourne uni days. Right. So we, that's what I'll be watching.
0: Okay. And Trace?
1: Yes, look, I think it'll be really interesting to see how um, St Kilda fare against a very hot north so that'll be a, a good match probably that'll be the match of the week i think for me yeah. um and um in the other games uh collingwood versus gold coast uh can't imagine the gold coast being strong enough to take them and lions versus the cats well that should be a shoe in for the lions i think
2: So one other thing i'm very much looking forward to is that the, the commentators using the phrase change lanes or changing lanes a lot less than they have been.
0: Oh, less. I thought you less, said were a lot. No, it's more. just look
2: within one round, it's already become an overused phrase. So <laughs> I'd rather see up and about come back, to be honest.
0: <laughs> we are going to have to wind up there. Uh, we have some sounds from around the grounds from Kiwi from the weekend. So I'll put those in the fifth quarter. Um, Keep your eye on, on the football, everyone. There's no Giants match this weekend, but that doesn't mean you can't love it. Uh, this is the Code Hanger Football Radio Show. Every Monday, 7pm on 2 SCR 107.3. And for the best half views in women's footy, tune in to, in to, the, to the Code, Code Hanger. Hanger. How, how was your first game back at footy, Victoria? Oh, it's fantastic. It's just brilliant to be here
2: and uh, to look around the ground and everyone's excited. There's such a variety of people at the ground, there's kids, there's older people. Everyone's just so excited for
0: footy's back. Suburban footy is back. How great is okay. be back? It's great to be back, especially when you're uh, a non-supporter, just a uh, mutual <laughs> watching a great game of footy being played. What's it like being back at your first game? Oh, it's pretty exciting. The atmosphere is really good. Uh, I think it was good to see women's footy again um, and really good to be back at Icon Park. Woo-hoo. Are you happy that the Pies won? Because, you know, you coach half those <laughs> girls. <laughs> Up and about with the Pies. No, nah, they came out of the blocks pretty strong and then Carlton came back, which was good footy. A little biff and brawl, which is what we always love, but good to see the Pies come home with a win. Did you teach those girls some of that biff and brawl? Oh, I did not teach anything. They're natural natural biff brawls. Fantastic. And how's Willie going for this year? Yeah, we're looking really good. Really excited. We've got our first practice match coming up, so we'll, um, we'll see how we go. Should we expect some biff and brawling? Piss off, mate. I'm going to have to edit that bit. All right, wish you all the best, PC. Yeah, thanks, Coach Kiwi. Cheers, mate. Thanks, <laughs> ya. See ya. <laughs> I'm Nikki Clare, lesbian separatist, and you're listening to The Code Hanger. Hello everyone, this is Penny Kula reed and you're listening to The Coat Hangers. It's Bob Jane here, I'm the president of the Darabin Felks and you're back at footy on the Coat Hanger! <laughs>